I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Nothing connects Indians more than their shared love for rice. A staple amongst most South Indians, Bengalis, and the core ingredient that goes into everyone's favorite, biryanis. Apart from having this gastronomical connection, it also plays the lead role in Indian rituals and ceremonies. At weddings, rice is thrown over the couple's heads to bless them with fertility and prosperity. The rice goddess Annapurna is worshipped relentlessly with hundreds of temples bestowed in India in her name. Other countries like South Korea have a 4000 year history with rice farming which is woven into some of their most intricate traditions. Similar cases exist in Japan and Africa. But now you must be wondering why is rice suddenly such a hot topic? That's because having played such a crucial role in the well-being of so many countries, its existence is under dire threat. And we all know who the culprit is. climate change you may have noticed that india has been going through very erratic rainfalls and weather shifts this is not a good sign for rice farmers as these unseasonal rains could destroy their yields and that's precisely what's wrong here the demand for rice is through the roof especially in southeast asian countries and the corresponding yields are barely able to meet the target the un says that Asians themselves are known to consume 77 kgs of rice in one year this amount is way more than the average african american or european all combined but these rains are not the only reason there are floods everywhere and temperatures are shooting up according to a study conducted by nature food rice production has dropped from 1.3% to a mere 0.9% in the last decade itself In the decade before that, Southeast Asia witnessed its sharpest drop when the rate fell from 1.4% to 0.4%. Considering a population boom in the future, countries like India and the Philippines will struggle to feed their roughly 400 million people. But you know, the most shocking thing of them all is that despite the popularity and convenience of rice, it is actually very harmful. Now get this. Rice cultivation apparently plays a big role in escalating global warming. Paddy fields exude this gas called methane, which is a dangerous and strong greenhouse gas as we all know. But the grain that united so many communities together has now become a source of threat to the world. Since the green revolution, Indian governments have been promoting rice as it was the most convenient option at the time. I mean it did save the country from a huge famine disaster after all. However, now the approach is to produce more with less using a sustainable method. Apart from meeting the food demands of people, doing so in an environmentally friendly way is an equal priority. In the light of that, the Indian government announced 2023 as the year of millets, encouraging people to make this switch for a better future. You can even listen to our previous episode on the recent millets initiatives for a better understanding. The link will be in our show notes. For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more 
than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I am Manaswini and this is the deep dive for 31st March 2023. Walt Disney has been going through a major rejigg to cut costs since Bob Iger returned as CEO. Two days back, it began a massive layoff involving 7,000 employees and not even the upper echelons of the entertainment company have been spared. The big news is that Disney sacked the chairman of Marvel Entertainment, Isaac Ike Permuter. Does this name sound a little familiar? Well, that's because he is the same person who had helmed Marvel sales to Disney for $4 billion in 2009. He was also behind launching the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the 2008 Iron Man movie that catapulted MCU into the money-minting movie franchise that it is now. Along with Permuter, reportedly his co-president and chief counsel have also been shown the door. As irony would have it, especially given the Disney context, Permuter was quite frugal in his ways. I mean, reports suggest that he'd even ask his staff to reuse office supplies. So his firing may not entirely go with the theme of cost-cutting here. However, his stint had a number of negative reviews that probably contributed to the sacking. For starters, The Verge reports that he has often tried to veto movies with female and black leads. That obviously put him at loggerheads with Kevin Feige. And over time, his authority at Marvel was toned down. In 2015, after Feige reported his frustration with Permuter, Bob Iger brought Marvel Studios under Walt Disney Studios, which meant that Feige wouldn't have to report to Permuter anymore. After that, Permuter had no real role left in Marvel's movie business. He stayed on to lead the Marvel Entertainment Division, which oversees consumer product licensing and comic books by Marvel Comics. And that runs separately from Marvel Studios that Feige heads. His discontentment with Iger about his shrunken role is probably one of the reasons that Permuter backed activist investor Nelson Peltz to join the Disney board. That's also probably one more reason for him getting fired. With him gone, reports suggest that Marvel Entertainment is likely to be folded into larger Disney units. But there is another high-profile exit at Marvel that caught everybody's attention. And that is Victoria Alonso. Now she is someone who has been absolutely integral to Marvel Studios. The former president of physical, post-production, VFX and animation at Marvel Studios has actually co-produced every single MCU Phase 1 film. Yet, Disney has been mum on the reason for Alonso's termination. While some reports claim a breach of contract, other reports say that Alonso who has openly gay-clashed with Disney bosses over gay pride references in Ant-Man 3, Alonzo's lawyer was also cryptic on this matter. She said that Alonzo was, and I quote her, terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Now, is this a bad decision? Well, a lot of people seem to think so. But amid all these restructuring plans and layoffs, Marvel has to keep in mind that no pop culture phenomena remains static forever. Kevin Feige might disagree, but there are already murmurs about superhero fatigue. Or perhaps the new Marvel movies are simply not striking the right chord. I mean, to put it nicely, 
the recent Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a big flop. It received 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the much-anticipated Thor, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness are probably two of the worst Marvel movies that's going to give a tough competition to the equally bad 2021 release, Eternals. She-Hulk is again one of the lowest-rated Marvel shows. Among Marvel's Phase 4 releases, only Spider-Man No Way Home crossed the $1 billion mark in box office collection. Although, Wakanda Forever, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel did really well. What I'm trying to point out is that clearly the number of bad releases outweighs the good ones. In the meantime, Amazon Prime is also shooting its shot with superhero films and DC's James Gunn is gunning to dethrone Marvel. So Marvel really has to prove itself in its Phase 5 releases. And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, One Last Thing, where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. Did you know there's actually a perfect way to twist an Oreo? Or at least there was an attempt to find one? Well, apparently, MIT researchers scientifically tried to find out in 2022 when they conducted a study on Oreology, the fracture and flow of milk's favorite cookie. It sounds pretty cool, right? And recently, the study has caught the attention of Oreo enthusiasts everywhere. Plus, in the quest to explore the even splitting of Oreo cream filling, the MIT researchers created a unique device called the Oreometer. It's basically a 3D printed contraption that uses rubber bands and coins to replicate the force needed to twist the cookies apart. But here's the catch: Even after using their fancy gadget, the MIT researchers discovered that it's pretty much impossible. No matter how hard you try, one side will always have more cream than the other. But well, why is it exactly impossible? So the MIT folks concluded that the manufacturing process is to blame. With the cream only having a nanosecond to settle before being sandwiched by the second wafer, which inevitably sticks more to the one side, it leaves us with the eternal struggle of unbalanced Oreos. Who knew that a simple cookie could have such a complex physics at play? If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Shorbury, Akshaya and me, Manaswini. Edited by Venkatanand. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. 